0: Welcome to Sense and Sensibility, the Inflation Guy podcast. I am Michael Ashton, the Inflation Guy, and I am your host. And today on the podcast, um, I'm going to talk about gold. Um, I spoke recently about tips and some time ago, I kind of related tips and gold. So it seems like it's sort of time for a gold update. But before I get into that, uh, a word from our sponsor and the trivia question. This episode of Sense and Sensibility is sponsored by Simplify ETFs. Simplify is a new ETF provider offering alternative investment strategies with full transparency, daily liquidity, and low costs. Some of their hedge fund style strategies include managed futures, commodity trend following, steepener trades, and more. If you are an individual investor or RIA, you will likely find a compelling alternative investment from Simplify that can help improve your portfolio. Check out, check out their website at Simplify.us, and you can find their entire line of ETFs at Simplify.us slash ETFs. And, uh, and then the trivia question, and then we'll get started on what's going to end up being a fairly fairly short episode, I think. But the trivia question is, what 1870 discovery is generally attributed to General Henry Washburn? Henry Washburn even though the discovery was almost certainly made before then by somebody else. But but uh, 1870, General Henry Washburn, what did he find and is, is attributed with, I guess, the discovery? Okay, that's the question. Uh, today we're going to talk about gold. And, um, you know, I don't talk a lot about gold, uh, mainly because... In my experience, people who talk about gold often talk only about gold, uh, as if you know gold is the only store of value, or it's the only metal that has ever been legal tender in the past, or, or it, it, it's as if gold is somehow completely unique among commodities. And, and and I really hate to play into that. You know, there is an entire audience that if you want to talk and say glowing things about gold, they will tune in and listen. And uh, and they will get really mad at you if you ever suggest there's not a great time to buy gold. Um, it's similar to the crypto mafia, um, but it's um, – but anyway, I, 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 I'm an investor and I want to be very uh, uh, systematic about how I think about these things and very transparent about how I think about these things. And, and sometimes and in recent years, a lot of the time – Gold has just not been a very exciting investment. Now, gold is different from many other commodities and, and you know, not completely different, not completely off in its own world, but it is different. And, you know, it's it's obviously not corn, even though they have similar colors. In episode 31 of this podcast, which was called Why Gold is Like Tips. And incidentally, I neglected to point out that gold is lots heavier than tips, but But, uh, but the episode was why gold is like tips and vice versa. And I talked about how gold really turns out to not be a very good short term inflation hedge, partly because it has a really high sensitive sensitivity to real interest rates, uh, over time, a decrease in the value of the dollar should cause the price of gold to rise, but that's not unique to gold at all. It's A decrease in the value of the dollar causes the price of all commodities to rise. That's what decrease in the value of the dollar means. Not that it buys less gold, but that it buys less of everything. Uh, And so, so over a long period of time, an increase in the price level should lead to an increase in the price of gold. But again, that's not particularly unique about, about gold. But, but for some reasons, which I explained in episode 31, gold acts essentially like a really long-dated zero-coupon-tips bond. Uh, and with any bond, when yields go up, its price goes down and vice versa. And so back then, this was in... June of of 2022, I was bearish on real yields, and I thought they'd rise. Uh, Ten-year tips yields at the time were around 0.6%, and they rose from there to about 1.5% by October 2022, and meanwhile, gold fell from $1,830 to $1,620. With you know, the high inflation that we were experiencing, gold then began to rise and rose for a while as tips yields kind of flattened out at that one and a half percent area. But then when real yields started climbing again back this past May from about one and a quarter on the 10-year note, the 10-year tips, to two and a half percent recently, gold fell from 2,000 to a little over 1,800. Then Hamas attacked Israel. We got a safe haven bid that added about $125 an ounce. But you know, I, I I do wish that I'd, I'd had this uh, episode a couple of weeks ago, but we're $125, you know, different in price now. But anyway, prior to that, prior to Hamas attacking Israel, gold had been roughly flat between June 2020, 2022 and October 2023, even though the price level, uh, overall inflation – had been had gone up 4%. The price level had gone up about 4%, um, and and gold was flat. Now, that still means that gold vastly outperformed long tips over that period, although they underperformed short tips, um, because long tips just got absolutely slaughtered as their real yields rose. And so their mark-to-market was really bad. So gold did, you know, while, while not doing anything, it still did a lot better than long tips. Short tips did better than gold. And so really gold kind of acted like like tips, but like a shorter duration tip spot. Um, anyway, still the, the, the yellow metal clearly showed sensitivity to changes in real interest rates over that time period, over all the time periods prior to that. And here's an interesting fact. Um, and I had mentioned back in episode 31 that, you know, since 2011, the price of gold really hadn't changed hardly at all. (laughs) Um, and uh, so, just uh, for this podcast, I went back and I sort of looked. And so, since the end of June 2011, um, the the uh, the tips the 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 tips total return the the S 10 plus year U S tips total return index. Okay, so the total return of all 10 year longer tips, um, it's up 21.2 percent in aggregate. So all of the the coupons and the the price increases and everything. Um, uh, the, the the principal uh, accretions, um, all that added, and then we had a real yield increase, so that de- decreased it. and So the overall return to tips over that period of a dozen years is up 21.2%. It was a wild ride. <laughs> At times, the total was a lot better than that, and it's been really bad over the last year and a half, but that's where it is, 21.2% spot gold over that same type time, time period is up 30%. Although as i said a nice nice chunk of that 30% came in the last 2 weeks. So if you if you actually measure to the day before Hamas attacked Israel, gold is up 22.1% since the end of June 2011. So tips up 21.1 up 21.2%, gold up 22.1%. So within 1% of the same total return of long tips um, over 12 years. Pretty wild, huh? Um, to some extent, that's just kind of randomly, random and lucky um, over the that particular time period. But it's not at all surprising that over long periods of time, those numbers should be pretty similar because TIPS and gold both go up with the price level, and TIPS and gold both respond to real interest rate changes. So if gold is like TIPS but heavier, then it probably makes sense to analyze the gold buying decision using a similar approach. Uh, And honestly, with almost any asset, maybe I should do an entire episode on this, I don't know. Um, With almost any asset, I, I kind of ask two questions as an investor. First from an absolute perspective, is the asset absolutely fair or cheap, or is it rich? And by that, I mean, if I buy this asset and I ignore every other asset, is my real return likely to be good or at least acceptable compared to what I want to sort of make in the long run? Um, And and so I want, obviously, I would like an, an asset that's absolutely cheap or at least fair they aren't always available but but that's what i like and then the second question is, is is the asset relatively fair or cheap and by that i mean compared to other assets that offer a similar portfolio of risks real risk credit risk equity risk whatever am i being compensated better with this asset or at least similarly to where i where i can get those other risks in my portfolio um so you can have an asset that's absolutely expensive like TIPS were when they had a negative real yield you know you if you bought TIPS when they had a minus 1% real yield that was a, that was a kind of a crappy long-term return minus 1% real but if you compared it to what you could have expected from nominal notes at the time TIPS were superior they had a, a, a better outcome and a better range of outcomes uh, than nominal bonds did, and so for for many many years, in fact, tips were absolutely. And I used to I, I write a quarterly uh, a quarterly inflation outlook, which you can subscribe to on on the Inflation Guide blog website. Um, but uh, I would say almost every quarter that tips were absolutely expensive, but relatively cheap. Um, so if you're gonna if you were gonna invest in fixed income, you should be investing mostly in tips and less in nominal bonds. Um, so, so anyways, so you can have an asset that's absolutely expensive and, and relatively cheap, or you can have an asset that's absolutely cheap, but relatively expensive because you can buy other similar assets and get a better deal, right? so if if, uh, you know, if we went back to the early 1980s, you know with with stocks being you know very cheap, and lots of stuff was very cheap in in, you know, in the early 1980s, and some things were cheaper than others, you um, so some of those things were relatively expensive even though absolutely cheap and so you didn't do badly buying them but you you could have bought something else and done better okay so you if you so you can have rich relatively and and absolutely cheap or, i mean uh, yes absolutely cheap and relatively rich or you can have absolutely rich and relatively cheap or you can have something that's absolutely cheap and relatively cheap or absolutely rich relatively rich or add fair to the option list of all those things. Um, and that's kind of, you know, the, the, the framework with which I look at, at most assets. And again, you know, tips for a long time were absolutely rich, but, but relatively cheap. Um, and during that time period, gold was absolutely expensive, like tips, but also relatively expensive. Uh, because back in the two thousands, gold had a big run up that was sort of not justified with where the price level was going and, and got way ahead of itself. And, and, and it's been working off that condition essentially for, for more than a decade. So I haven't been a fan of gold for, for long before I ever had a podcast, long before I ever had a blog, um, so it's been a long time since I've been a, a fan of gold. Maybe fan is a, is a little, little strong. Now that doesn't mean that gold didn't occasionally have good runs in there, but investing is like poker. Deciding when is the best time to allocate chips to a hand and how many chips to allocate and doing that well can be evaluated by looking at the outcome of a single hand. You look at how things did over a long period of time. And gold hasn't gone anywhere in over a decade. So I think I was on pretty solid ground. And and for the most part, more or less ignoring gold for over a decade was the right call. But times have been changing. And that's what this episode is. That's sort of my conclusion of this episode. With With tips, I very recently had a podcast in which the question, it was two podcasts ago, the question was, is it time to buy tips? And I answered that in the affirmative. Given where real yields of tips are, they're they're, at least fair on an absolute basis. Not just a relatively basis, but on an absolute basis. And maybe even a little bit cheap. Uh, so, but if gold is like a long tips bond, then I kind of feel the same way about gold. You know, that gold is now... Is now perhaps absolutely fair, or even a little bit cheap. Um, probably still a little bit relatively expensive, and so if I had to choose one or the other, I'd choose tips because gold is still relatively a little expensive, especially given the one hundred twenty-five dollar run up in the last week. But you don't have to choose one or the other, you know. And I think that you know for a long time I have I have sort of my my base case. Uh, asset allocation for inflation protection um, was, you know, in the risky assets, you buy commodities and the safe assets uh, and, and by commodities, you made a diversified commodity index um, and on the safe assets, you buy, you buy tips. And, and both of those are sort of inflation protected Um, equities have been expensive for a long time. So they kind of, you know, you don't really want to spend a lot of money on those and, Nominal bonds are kind of expensive and so on. So, so tips and commodities have been a, kind of this barbell of risk for a long time. Um, and gold never really showed up. Well, gold is now kind of showing up. And it's it's. I would put that into that kind of portfolio. I would treat it differently from the overall port, the general portfolio of commodities. I'd actually treat gold as sort of a separate asset class as well. So, so it now makes a little bit of sense to include gold in there, even though it hadn't for, for a very long time. Anyway, that's uh, that's all I really wanted to say about this. Um, you know, it just naturally followed from my my episode on tips being, you know, now a good investment. That gosh, I guess gold kind of is too. And I, I felt like I, I probably should should say that. Anyway, that's all f- for this short edition of Sense and Sensibility. Uh, by the way, if you are a fixed income institutional investor and not a commodity person, um, then uh, and you're still listening at this point. You should check out yesterday's blog at theinflationguy.blog because it's about how higher interest rates have resurrected the cheapest to deliver option in bond futures. Um, and it's it's really a very interesting time in bond futures and um and that has implications for volatility and and it makes the contract be negatively convex and all kinds of really interesting things. It's intricate, but it's something you really should refresh yourself on. Um and that's at at the inflationguy.blog. So um, now before we start playing the music, I'm going to go back to the top. And the question was what 1870 discovery is generally attributed to Gen- general Henry Washburn, even though the discovery was almost certainly made before then. And the answer, um, is a, a, a certain geyser, um, in, um, in Yellowstone National Park called Old Faithful. As I said, it's, Highly unlikely that uh, the general was the first person to kind of walk by the geyser. I mean, there, it, wasn't like, it wasn't like there weren't other people <laughs> living there at the time. However, he's generally credited with, in, with discovering Old Faithful in 1870. Anyway, uh, that's all for today's episode of Sense and Sensibility. Please uh, like and subscribe and refer others. And, and uh, I really do appreciate all the likes I've been getting in the comments and, and the emails. You can email me at at enduringinvestments.com And, and I've mentioned inflationguy.blog a couple of times. You can subscribe to that for, for free. Don't forget to visit the uh, new website at Enduring Investments and, and tell me what you think about that. And if you have, if you have some interest in what we do. And most importantly, kind of end with this always, defend your money. End with this and start with this. And if inflation is coming for you, remember, you know a guy.